HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. The following program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. At Whole Foods Market, we offer premium products without premium prices. Our everyday value items are free of artificial preservatives, colors, flavors, sweeteners, and hydrogenated fats. Priced competitively to average supermarket prices, the 365 Everyday Value brand offers food that meets our strict quality standards. Compare our peanut butter, canned beans, and cereals to the other guys. You'll see what we're talking about. Visit one of our six Manhattan stores in Tribeca, Bowery, Union Square, Chelsea, Columbus Circle, or the Upper West Side. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. For more information, visit www.wholefoodsmarket.com. It's another week of Let's Eat In. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. This is Heritage Radio Network. It is a gloomy Monday in March, but brighter days are soon ahead, especially this Saturday. Gosh, at the Bell House, we're going to take over. Um, these two people are very involved with it. It's going to be called, it is called Beer for Beasts. Um, it's a sold out joint event with Six Point and Beer Advocate. And we also have amazing entertainment from Peter Aguero and company. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. He is actually here. Jersey Fresh. Jersey Fresh Burlesque. Jersey Fresh Burlesque. Did you guys just come up with that name like on the fly? Or uh, well, I'm, obs- <clears throat> I'm from New Jersey. I'm obsessed with New Jersey. What exit? Uh, well, <laughs> that's the, I'm, I don't really, I, I live in, or from, from South Jersey. It's not really near uh, an exit. It's more. Listen to you, you South suburbanite. Jersey. What exit? <laughs> As if you identify where you're um, in Jersey I'm, by your proximity to New York. Do. No, no, no. It's it's the turnpike. Because <laughs> there's the turnpike. I guess I'm closest to exit five near Burlington. It's because be the there's too many towns in New Jersey, you can't even keep track of the names of things. There's so. a lot. The town yeah. I grew up in is called Delanco, and uh, it's very small. About 1,500 people. It's all farms. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. That's I'm, quite far from where I grew up. Yeah. I'm country mouse. Gotcha. Jersey fresh. I love it. It's like Jersey cows, uh, fresh, fresh milk <laughs> with, with no pasties on the udders. That's a double so that, <laughs> that little interlude was from Shane Welsh, uh, Six Point founder, president, and veteran guest on Let's Eat In. This is like your fifth time. Uh, fourth. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> so 
Peter, you've put together so many different burlesque shows, but your specialty is more about storytelling, correct? Yeah, I, uh, I guess that's what I do the most. I have uh, a lot of experience working with the moth. Um, about three years ago, I started going to their shows and, and telling stories, and now I, uh, I teach for their outreach program, and, um, and I host uh, shows for them in at New the York. Moth. At the moth? Okay. yeah, and on the road. Cool. And uh, through that, through friends of mine that are storytellers that also do burlesque, I guess about two years ago I started uh, doing burlesque shows, hosting burlesque shows, and uh, like telling stories at burlesque shows. Do people get the wrong idea when they say, I do burlesque shows? <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> it's all like a band of gypsies. I, I mean, I've done, uh, I've done a burlesque act before. Nice. Uh, I had somebody make me uh, big giant pasties uh, well, with nice. tonsils. And um, I did it as I did a fan dance uh, with pizza boxes. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's all, the humor. I think is the key of burlesque. Absolutely, ask me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like, there's like the classic burlesque stuff, like you know, uh, uh, like you know, from way back in the day, and it was all about titillation and 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 whatnot. And now, like, there's like a new movement in burlesque that I guess started you know five or six years ago that it's really all about telling a story in four minutes you know some kind of there's the humor is really right. key in it, so it's like know? i spilled this on my dress and now i have to take it off it's like yeah it stuff like that there's more complex you think <laughs> <laughs> and then you know a lot of the girls will do stuff with you know a lot of like pop culture stuff and and uh there's a group called epic wind burlesque that they do it's like they call it like burlesque for nerds hmm. they do uh theme shows they've done a bat, uh, like a batman show oh my gosh they do muppet burlesque they've done uh what else muppet burlesque yeah muppet burlesque is awesome okay where do i get to see that <laughs> uh yeah Piggy? you look all around like <clears throat> there's well yeah there was a at the muppet burlesque show there was a there was a miss piggy act a big bird act oh my gosh uh my friend mary who's going to be in the show at the Bell House, she did a Cookie Monster act that was awesome. Nice. It's it's fun. These these girls come up with just amazing stuff. You know, they'll do like video game stuff, like a Lara Croft act, or or uh, you know, all kinds of different. And stuff. and they come up with it themselves. So they're the yeah. choreographer, the artist, the performer, everything, that's, costume maker, yeah, too. That's the beauty of it, and mm-hmm. and I think that's what what draws a lot of people to it is that. With burlesque, you can pretty much just come up with an idea. Maybe you come up with an idea for a theme or you listen to a song or whatever, and there's no barrier between you and the stage. You just you come up with the act, you choreograph it. <laughs> no clothing it barrier, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what the cool thing is, is? Like, you know, everyone ends up, for the most part, in like Pacey's in a G string, right? So, right. so like, that's the great, you know, equalizer. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I think what's really interesting is since since that happens, it it makes like the sexuality of it a moot point because since everyone's doing it, so then they can be freed up to do, you know, people just all kinds of social commentary or like I said, you know, pop culture stuff or you know, inside jokes or, okay. or whatever. It's really, I've seen some acts that will just blow you away. There's one girl who's in the show on <clears throat> Saturday. We're not. Gonna, she's not going to do one of these acts, but she's a, a trained opera singer, BB uh, Hart, and she'll do an act where she has this one that is a heartbreaker, where she's dressed up as a uh, like a soldier in World War Two, and she gets a 
a letter and she reads the letter and it's you know ostensibly a, a letter from home like a dear john letter and as the act goes on she sings an aria in italian it's heartbreaking wow. and she just you know starts to take her clothes off and at the end she's at the you know the crescendo of this of this aria she's you know pretty much naked emotionally and physically right there oh it, it is just it's jaw-dropping that's quite far from like the typical kind of rowdy bar yeah. crowd yeah. <laughs> expectations. So I would think it is. <laughs> okay, so are we going to be sobbing into our beers on no, Saturday? No, no, we, I, we have uh, uh, great performances uh, lined up for Saturday. The the three performers we have are uh, Mary Sin, who is a producer at a show called uh, Original Sin Burlesque that happens at uh, Lucky Thirteen and Park Slope twice a month, <laughs> and she has. Uh, Two acts that are just the, the the ones we picked are just you know really high energy mm-hmm. fun acts. Like she has one that's uh, like a Irish dancing girl act. There's a whole lot of spinning to it. <laughs> she's like a green dress and she spins around a lot. And um, there's a potato involved. You like that, Shane? <laughs> hey, if there's a potato involved, what's not like? <laughs> she also has another act that we'll keep secret uh, that she's gonna do. Then we also have um, Cherry Pitts who. Uh, She's a producer of Hotsy Totsy Burlesque, which is a great show. It's been running for a while. She has two acts she's doing. Uh, one is kind of like a like a sexy 50s secretary nice. kind of act. And the other one uh, is she's took an act that she had uh, that was all about Wonder Woman. And uh, she's, she's fix- turning the end around. Uh, and tailoring it specifically for you guys. Uh, she showed me yeah. some of the costume pieces she made, specifically with the six-point logo on it. And it Winning. Be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One word. I, I hear it, there used will... to be, it used to be for the win, now it's just winning. Just winning. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. I hear there will be uh, six-point star-shaped pasties Yes. Uh, the girls this week, actually, we're going to get together and have a, a pasty bee. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> so you guys make them from well, yeah, make it, they're handmade. Know, sticker, yeah, fabric, I don't know. They yeah, well there's a whole process to it. They they take about what? a half hour each pair to make. What? Yeah. Well, so they're not just like a cut and paper no, this, glue. Is, no. this is arts and crafts. Okay, <laughs> embroidered. There's they they bedazzle everything. Bedazzle. These girls are Tassel. addicted to rhinestones and glitter. Rhinestones. If it's it's ridiculous, it's kind of like uh, you know, kind of like urban sequin, cowboy. sequins everywhere, hand stitched panels, everything. Okay. They make their own stuff too. It's it's unbelievable. Gosh, yeah. I'll have to look forward to this. Oh, and then the third performer um, is again uh, BB Hart, who's also mm-hmm. a producer of a show called Storybook Burlesque, and she has uh, again two. They're each doing two actions. One that's like a really high energy, like kind of take on a fan dance like a latin fan dance and then the other one is sort of like your fan dance a little but with a little more more things that people want to see rather than (laughs) the latin fan dance will be paired with the calexico tacos yeah that's the truck right they make amazing tacos yeah they're gonna be they're gonna be at beer for beasts then you can you can eat your taco while watching the the Latin fan dance and washing it down with El Gordo, El Gordo Baracho, which is the beer that we made uh, just for this event. Yeah, I was looking it's a Mexican at Mexican spiced lager. It's pretty awesome. I was looking at the list of beers you it's guys. It's not as good as Macho Grande though. 
You guys made, like, how many new beers for this event? Like, a bunch of, like, small batch beers for this, right? Like 20-some. There's over over 20 new never-released beers. And And uh, they're never going to (laughs) be elsewhere because we're going to drink them up at the event. Yeah, like, the entire, because we made, like, a micro batch. Yeah. A a nano batch for this event. Like, like one keg of each one? Yeah, yeah, like, it'll yield uh, roughly one full-size keg. So, for the people listening out there, a keg is 15 and a half gallons in the batch the batch that we were using uh, is roughly about 20 gallons, so you get one and one-third the size of a regular keg yield, and that's it. It's not quite a homebrew size, though. It's larger than most people can manage in the, at home, like 20 gallons, right? Yeah, typical okay. homebrew okay. size is around five, five to ten yeah. gallons, and that yields about a five-gallon batch, just so you can figure out what that means in your head. It's like two cases of beer, yeah. so two 24 packs of 12 ounce bottles that, that, that's what a five gallon yeah not a whole lot at all i mean uh, an event with 1200 people they'll plow through that you know what we should do is minutes. take a poll to see what people what flavors people like the best if should they be able to try them all or just get some feedback and maybe we can recreate some that were really good we thought about that but then you know everyone's going to be distracted by the by the burlesque <laughs> <laughs> boobs will right. do that right. <laughs> but uh no, there's so many different things going on in there already that um, the intent was to just be like a, a fountainhead of creativity and let people soak it up and kind of stay away from quantifying everything and just let people that we me- should have meander a- and have a good time. Cool. Fountain of beer in the center, too. What about that? Instead of, you know, like the chocolate fountains I'm down with do. it. I don't know how sanitary it would be. I, would, I always <laughs> talk about having a fountain of beer that... Um, like it, it'd have to be set up in a way where you know you couldn't have anyone immerse their uh, hand or any part of their body into it, but you or could, tits, or tits. <laughs> right. But if you could, if you could hold a gl- like, imagine this, um, like a you know one of the things about a fountain too is that as the water drains down, it gets pushed back up. Mm. The problem with if you do that with beer, it's gonna bubble too much. Yeah, you have foaming issues mm. because it's carbonated, and then also as you pump it back through it loses its carbonation so you'd have flat beer and it wouldn't be cold either but there's a there's a way around it you're like Willy Wonka with that (laughs) chocolate waterfall right yeah (laughs) what you have to do is when it gets pumped back in and it goes through um, the recirculation you have to run it through like a heat exchanger so you get it down to just above freezing Mm. and then like Recarbonate it and get it back up to the perfect carbonation level. So then, when it comes back out, it's perfect temperature and perfect carbonation. So clearly, that, this wouldn't be a connoisseur's type of uh, serving. No, but think of how so. effective it would be. Because oh. in a typical party or even at a venue, you have to wait in line to get a beer behind a bar. But if if you could just hold your cup up to a fountain that was just spewing beer and you fill it up that way, it would be oh. much more efficient. But within forty five minutes, some drunk guy would. Just go to swimming. <laughs> right. Right. See, that's the issue too. It's a good thought. Uh, well, let's take, let's take a quick break. Um, you chose a song. Which one is it, Peter? Oh, it's uh, my, one of my favorite. Uh, my favorite uh, musical artist is Tom Waits, and uh, he just got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but you sound kind of like him. That's a whiskey and cigarettes. Nice. <laughs> let's put that on. We'll be right back. Now, 
Public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. Tune into the food scene Tuesdays at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. Hosted by Michael Harlan Turkel, photo editor of Edible Brooklyn and Edible Manhattan magazines, he'll further explore the amalgamation of food and art by talking to artists from a multitude of media. Guests will range from photographers, food stylists, interior architects for restaurants, industrial designers, all the players that make you want to eat with your eyes. Get ready to feast your ears every Tuesday at 3 p.m. on the Heritage Radio Network. All right. Thank you, Tom Waits, newly Rock and Roll Hall and Famer. Well deserved. Um, so we're here on Let's Eat In with Peter Aguero, who's going to be emceeing at Beer for Beasts this Saturday, and Shane Welsh from Six Point. Uh, who's going to be, I don't know, are you going to MC at all, Shane? Or just eat some pizza? <laughs> no, I'm going to, I'm not going to MC, but I'm going to drink a lot of beer okay. <laughs> and uh, enjoy everything. Also, there's a couple other things that are happening at this event that haven't been mentioned. And they were just sort of surprises we were going to unload, but I might as well do it now. Ooh, nice. secret. It's a scoop. Um, Listen up. Uh, we're having a, a friend, a very talented poet friend, come in, and he's going to uh, basically give a toast for the entire event, and also may sprinkle the rest of the event with some by just dropping some knowledge, like more of like a acapella style thing. Uh, okay. Um, but it was inspired by if you get like some old albums from. Like the mid to late seventies, a lot of the like the earlier uh, new age and punk music that was coming out of England, especially around Manchester, they had poets who, between acts, they would get up on stage and they would just go off. And a lot of it was like very um, <laughs> disgusting poetry. What? 
but it was perfectly suited to punctuate the different events and different things that was going on at the time. How how so disgusting? Like a kind of like raunchy or mm-hmm. yeah, just in it, you know, in, in its diction and it, it's not pleasant. It wasn't soft on the ears, so okay. to speak. You know, but it it got the what it did is it got the folks riled up. It got them. It was like preparatory for the for the rest of the event. Hmm. So, as you know, um, a lot of good musicians in Brooklyn and New York, but um, a lot of good hip-hop, especially in Brooklyn, too. And the funny thing is, is if you look at the way hip-hop's been commercialized, or most people's perception of it is, they package these artists as these gang-banging hard dudes that kill people and everything. It's, it's, it's really ridiculous. Um, they're selling an image, but if you think about what um, what, what they are, they're poets, mm-hmm. people who create rhymes. They're people who create. They're wordsmiths, and anyone who participates in that realm has to have like a sensitive side to them, or at least an artistically inclined side, because you can't create stuff like that without having an appreciation for language. Mm-hmm. So, we wanted to. I, we have some friends who are who are MCs, so to speak, in that sense, and they're just going to come in and drop a toast and get the get the whole th- get the whole thing rolling. Started, yeah, cool. It's, it's going to be At awesome. both of the day and night. Yep, that's cool. Right. All right, so tons of entertainment. Um, I'm just going to switch gears for a couple seconds here and talk about food because uh, that's what I like to do on this show. It's called <laughs> Let's Eat In. Um, and so I think I know enough about Shane's food perspective for now. Uh, <laughs> but Peter, do you ever... Okay, I'll just drop the question. I like to ask everyone sure. on the show this. What do you consider or what do you think would be like the perfect date meal, the most sexiest date Dish, what what is it? Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, well, my favorite stuff. That I mean, talking about eating in. I guess mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about um, cooking, and I love the cook. You do <clears throat> cool. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, the sexiest food to me is uh, Mexican food. It, <laughs> it's all it's really simple ingredients, and it's all right there in front of you. It's like fresh, but it's also so many flavors. You know, mm-hmm. really spicy. And, and we're talking uh, about real Mexican, not Tex-Mex, not no, uh, no. Like I like the stuff, you know. Like, no, no. Like, <laughs> just everything with you know, just just you know, a lot of lime juice and you know, big chopped onions and cilantro and things, kind of just mixed in there together. Like my favorite thing to make is is um, like a kind of like my own tortilla soup, kind of. It's like. Like a thick red broth with, uh, also with uh, like roasted tomatillos in it. So it has like that citric note to it hmm. uh, with like, like corn and chicken thighs. Mm. You know, chicken thighs are good. That's very sensual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not just that they're thighs. And then like when you boil meat. it too, you have to pe- pick it apart, peel it off the bones and yeah. stuff like that. That's yeah. Well, I like, to, I like to grill them first and then oh. take them off the bone and shred it and like put it in the soup. And then Yum. you pour the whole thing over you know, some like tortillas. tortilla strips or tortillas. And it's just like, nice. there's just so much going on there. And I don't know that spice or something about that spice. It just gets you going. I think that would be what the, can, the tomatillos. Um, I don't know. Like I like, like, I like when, I, when I make that, I do, um, you know, like chipotle peppers. 
Mm. Or you just like smoked jalapenos and then fresh jalapenos too, because I like to to have that like kind of like fresh bite with mm-hmm. that with also like that Smoky, slow burn. Dark, yeah. yeah, the two together really makes Heavy. a big difference. And mm, that uh, sounds awesome. Lime juice on top and everything. It's just like I like that kind of like slow smoky stuff with like fresh bright notes on top of cilantro it. maybe on the top sure, yeah, yeah some red onion chocolate. i'm addicted to cilantro nice well that's, that's definitely good. a new one yeah. is there something about spice too that really kind of gets people horny or not yeah, yeah it's just you know like there's spice gets your you know like here comes Shane. <laughs> the doctor's in. <laughs> no, I gotta drop. Some, I gotta drop some nut science. Do it. The reason why spice, it typically associated with being, like in food-wise, as an aphrodisiac, is so much of sexual performance is based upon good circulation, and basically, when you eat a lot of spice, dilates blood vessels, and um, sends too. Yeah. It sends endorphins, uh-huh. and, and then it also, when you send the blood up to your head, too, increases circulation in your erogenous zones on the side of your neck, your forehead, your lips. What about... All those things. Mm-hmm. You yeah. start, like, sweating, all your fluids are getting all loose, and... Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> You're getting lubed up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's pretty It's pretty cool like that. I mean, also, spark- cinnamon... cinnamon. I was what? reading about no 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 cinnamon's really interesting because it's typically um, known for that like as it is like a aphrodisiac herb spice but what it does is it's really good for your mouth apparently to chew like on a cinnamon stick or bark like it's good for your gums it's good for your just your, your whole mouth if you have a cut like cinnamon gum is actually a good gum to to chew like the original chewing gums had a purpose so mint uh, helps digestion cinnamon is just good for your mouth so if you have like gum problems or if you have a cut or something in your mouth it'll it'll help heal um but it's really good for uh i can't say it on the air but well, it freshens your breath but, that's what but, you're gonna say yeah no. it's really good it makes you smell like <laughs> now what are you gonna say tactile stimulation let's hear it let's hear it Another um, secret spilled. It's cinnamon. It's just it's the it's the new it's the new it's thing. The new love potion. It's <laughs> <laughs> the new thing. Great. <laughs> you see people like big giant people in the Midwest having sex outside of cinnamon <laughs> at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> big piles of icing. Right. It's the new thing. All right, cinnamon ice cream coming up. Uh, no. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to eat a lot of cinnamon because it's like this stick or powder. Or, you know, how do you how do you get a lot? Well, most of the cinnamon that we get here isn't really okay. cinnamon. It's like we don't because cinnamon is very expensive. We get that other stuff that's uh, it's a relative to it. Cassia, a cassia? yeah. If we get cassia. We don't get cinnamon. Like when you really do get cinnamon, like you, you sparingly because that stuff's strong. Man. Gosh, I should have got some cinnamon from my friend who was just in India. Oh well. Um, well, thanks for that. Tortilla soup. Tortilla soup. No, that was very enlightening. And lots you, of garlic too. Are you part Mexican? I well, my name Aguero is uh, from. I'm mostly Polish, but uh, my father is a mutt, and Aguero comes uh, from Spain through Cuba. Mm. That's a whole big story. Apparently, there was a 
there was uh, well, there's a there's a village in Spain called Aguero with an umlaut, and I kind of wanted to bring the umlaut back. Over oh, the year, nice! Just just cause, cause who doesn't want an umlaut? A Germanic umlaut. I don't know if it's Germanic or not. At this point, it's superfluous. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, call it, I'll call it that. I'll no, call it cool. superfluous. <laughs> it's decorative. It's, I don't know. At it's... some point, some guy from that village moved to Cuba and I guess just started having sex with everybody. And, uh, that's <laughs> that's what he, the European maybe way. Maybe he was eating a lot of cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> he brought a, yeah. He brought cinnamon he to tanker, the new world. He of beer with some cinnamon. <laughs> oh, you should make a beer with cinnamon. Have you ever done that? It's awful. Oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> it's a say. It's just like the you know that's what I'm, like a lot of people, uh, amateur chefs or whatever. They're like they ruin a soup and they're like, oh, I'll just put some cinnamon in it. What? It's like this old thing that it can fix any problem, but it it makes it it does it doesn't work well with beer. Well, I what wasn't about, trying like, a to fix this. No, no. Even when you try to intentionally. Uh, meld flavors together with cinnamon and beer it doesn't work that well okay well i imagine you probably tried almost everything like whenever spiced winter ales yeah that's where we try yeah like a pumpkin yeah it doesn't it doesn't work well Hmm. and the other thing is there's certain spices that don't work well in beer yeah some work very 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 well like ginger uh, vanilla. Vanilla. Vanilla works really well for some reason. I ginger ginger is amazing. One. Because what happens is uh, the carbonation in the beer combined with the hops uh, is the perfect lift for like the ginger spice. Because gin- ginger also serves as a surrogate to hops. I think ginger is also a really good circulation helper too. It is, yeah. but it's for your yeah. stomach. Yeah, like so diff- It's It's funny like that. Like that's what I was saying with... Uh, with cinnamon, it concentrates in the mouth. So, like certain herbs are are warming, and but the where they send the energy or where they send the the circulation to is different, like different regions. Mm. That's interesting. All right. So, say like garlic too. Garlic, garlic? is a stimulant. Oh, that right? would not go well in beer. No. I'm sure somebody makes garlic beer somewhere. <laughs> All right. So, Shane, one last question: what is, What is your sexiest romantic date meal these days? Um, McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Homebrew. Homebrew? Homebrew. That's it? Homebrew It'll beer. feed you all four food groups. Yeah. Yeah. You got protein, right? That's kind of cheating, though, man. Yeah. Just like <laughs> giving just, just some beer. Whatever. All right. I guess that all works. All right. That's tried and true. Yeah. Next time. That'll, next time, hopefully, you'll have a another answer. He's answered this too many times, so <laughs> he's bored of this game. All no, right. No, right now, there's no there's no sexy food in, uh, in my life because I'm 100 percent devoted to beer for bees. Okay, cool. Well, hopefully, some of you guys will be coming out there and seeing this labor of love take place all over the stage and all over the bell house floors, ceiling, balcony, everything. So <laughs> it'll be a good time. Yeah. All right. So thanks so much for coming here, Peter, yeah, and no thanks, problem. Shane. We'll see you next week, and let's eat in. Thanks for thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. 
You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. The following is a public service announcement from Heritage Radio Network. The Snacky Tunes compilation has arrived and is available for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com. This compilation features live performances from some of the hottest acts around today, including Midnight Magic, Surfer Blood, Oberhofer, and more. Again, you can download this compilation for free on our website, heritageradionetwork.com, and make sure to listen to Snacky Tunes every Monday at 2 p.m. on Heritage Radio Network. The following is a public service announcement from the Museum of Food and Drink. Dave Arnold and Patrick Martins have gathered a team of New York's most innovative chefs and bartenders to create a nine-course fundraiser lunch at Del Posto, Sunday, March 27th. Their intent? To kickstart the greatest food museum in the world. The menu for this unprecedented event is derived from educational themes of the museum. Chefs will draw inspiration from sources outside their normal sphere. How will a cutting-edge chef handle the Paleolithic, or a dish only using pre-Columbian ingredients? What will a modern Italian chef do with ancient Rome? The chefs include David Chang of Momofuku, Wiley Dufresne of WD-50, Mark Ladner of Del Posto, Nils Noren of the French Culinary Institute, Cesare Casella of Salumeria Rossi, Carlo Maracci of Roberta's, Brooks Headley of Del Posto, and Christina Tozzi of Momofuku Milk Bar. Bartenders include Audrey Sanders of Pegu Club, Thomas Waugh of Death & Company, Simon Ford of Pernod Ricard, Damon Bolte of Prime Meats, and Eben Clem of BR Guest Restaurants. Proceeds from the event will directly support the Museum of Food and Drink. Tickets are very limited and $250 per person. To purchase tickets, please visit mofad.eventbrite.com. That's M-O-F-A-D dot eventbrite.com. Once again, M-O-F-A-D dot E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E dot com. Sponsored by Pernod Ricard, Heritage Foods USA, Pat LaFrieda Meats, Barterhouse Wines, Del Posto Restaurant.